Something just happened. Can you hear me? I can hear you. All right. All right. Let's see how this goes. All right. Yeah. Just asked, it asked me for my uh, name and my email. email uh, all right. Well, that seems to work. Um, what do you got on? You got like a headphone or on or something? Nah, I don't have anything on. You think it would be better if I had like my my um earphones, my earbuds? Maybe because it's it sounds a little bit choppy. I can't figure out if it's me or you. Yep, I do. I hear it too. Hold on one second. All right. Hello? Yep. Okay, I got my earbuds in. That sounds good. All right, cool. And everything over here sounds okay? Yes, sir. All right. So what are you trying to do by sending me this uh, this Instagram page, man? I just wanted to check it out see what you thought about it. You're going to get me freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I looked, at, I looked at the Bill Gates thing, and I'm just scrolling down. It's like Rockefeller, and then... Uh, a couple of the other things, I'm like, oh, yeah. Mm. It's basically it, talking about how they use propaganda and talking about well, the guy, the, 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 the Godfather of propaganda was Sigmund Freud's nephew. So, you know, uh, one of the things I was I was thinking was, um, you know, the the one with Rockefeller and the New World Order, and then the society collapsing that uh, Jim Carrey was talking about. And, you know, people feeling like they're mentally ill because they're living in a system that's not designed for, you know, the human spirit or whatever. And it kind of makes some sense. And I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm completely off my, you know, rocker or whatever, but eh, some stuff going on right now. It kind of lines up. 
No, I agree with that. You know, you know, it's funny too. It's like, uh, do you know anybody that's like a prepper? Um, actually, I do. Actually, I know. He's not a prepper to, uh, you know, like the degree. He's like um, building a bunker and feet in the ground. But um, he's definitely uh, loaded. He's loaded to the hilt with guns. He has like no exaggeration. He's shown me at least fifty guns. I mean, like handguns, short guns, long guns, machine guns. Uh, he has a uh, AK-47, Bushmaster 223. Uh, has four gun safes. He he turned a closet in, in his basement into a gun safe. Like, this guy's... And, and not only that, but he has the gold bullion pieces, silver bullion pieces. You know, he's like, when, you know, when, when, a, when a, uh, the, the dollar bill is shit and the only yeah. thing left to barter with is going to be the gold and silver or alcohol, you know. So he he used to always mm-hmm. tell me to um, load up on alcohol. He said because not only you know will you be able to trade and barter, you know if you get shot, you know in the arm, you know it's an astringent, you know. So he's like it has a a, a twofold use usage with um, alcohol. So he's like you know make sure you have plenty of whiskey, brandy, vodka, you know. So. And it's funny because like I knew a dude like that, but you know it wasn't so much on the, you know I gotta I gotta arm myself and hunker down. It was just like like the the food and and water, um, okay, purification and all that stuff. And, right. I mean, it's funny those guys are like laughing their ass off to to a degree right now, yep. but you know at the same point there's a lot of people that are waiting for you know, the, the big bad Russians or whatever. It's the, you know, the paratroopers to come falling in like red dawn right. <laughs> and they're expecting that this is going to happen. Nah. And usually I look at that, that guy and I'm like, dude, what are you going to, what are you going to do? You're going to stop like a cruise missile. Right. You know, what do you do about that? You know, when, if they rolled down, you know, like if the U S government turned on us and said, they're going to roll down the street with a Abrams tank, what are you going to do about that? Not much you can do. Yeah. Yeah, not much you can do. Yeah. I mean, and you got all that stuff. You, you chances are you're going to be the one being shot first. Yeah, but uh, that, that's their their whole idea. Right. So is is that guy like like uh, a part of the the old GOP crew? Nah, this or, guy's actually. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you would uh, quantify. I mean, he's he's a black guy. He's um, I think I would say he's a conservative Democrat. I guess that's the best way to put it. Okay. Um. So, like, liberal in certain social ideas, but fiscally conservative? Yeah, basically, yeah. You, that's Socially conservative, yep, maybe? Yep. All right. Yeah, I mean, see, that isn't, isn't like, like the fringe stuff that, like, you and I have been talking about. Or, like, that I brought up to you. You know, like, how a lot of people on the left line up with this kind of outrage. Like, everything's outrageous. We've got we to be pissed off because somebody said the wrong thing or... 15 years ago, I had a joke about, you know, a, a comedians, Kevin Hart. Yeah. He brought up the, you know, the, 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 gay, the joke. gay joke yeah. or something. 15 years ago? Yeah, that's, you know, that's like, extreme. Like, I, I, I saw the thing where they wanted Eddie Murphy to apologize for some of the things he said in Delirious. And Delirious came out in 1983. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, yeah. this guy he, is being crucified for, when he was a damn kid, basically, back in 1983. Like, come on, man. And and I mean, in perspective, you know, you you and I are eleven years old or twelve years old. Right. So, like, what the hell does that? You know, what what good are we going to get from that? You it's know, ridiculous, man. And, and and you know, like, 
to to that side of the you know the aisle I, i'm like you know kind of get over yourself fuck yeah. <laughs> you're you're really like that damaged by someone saying something it's not like it's not like he that's his only thing that he says right. exactly. it's not his only platform it's just that's and, and also it's and it's comedy joke. yeah it's comedy it's not like he it's was a, a president saying this shit. Yes, yeah, it's, it's comedy. And and the funniest, the funniest shit usually is the most, uh, the, the most accurate yeah. cuts to exactly. them. And, and then on, on top of that, it's got to be sharp and and pointy so that it sticks. Exactly. So it's like uh, Sam Kinison, great example. You you remember him, Absolutely. right? Guy screaming his head yeah. off. His best joke. Uh, and I, mean, I know you, you know where I'm going with this. The best joke he ever had in my mind, in my opinion, was when he goes like, uh, go to the future leader of Ethiopia and go, see this? This is sand. You know, it's going to be 100 years from now. It's going to be sand. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Move where the food is. And like how twisted that thought is. Yeah. But to me, it's more twisted to ask for an apology because clearly he's not saying, you know, let's fold up the we are the world sales, fly over there and just yell at people. <laughs> for for a, a, a tragedy, right? But like the the liberal side, where they're all you know always outraged to different things, you know, also lines up with you know a, a very conservative side where everything is fear, and and to me, it's it's all fear. Like you know, remember we're talking about like uh, the liberal types are typically aren't like you know don't. I don't care about, you can take this away from me, you can take that away from me, but don't call me this name and let me pee in that bathroom. But the other side is don't take my money, don't take my guns, don't, um, you know, don't overtax me, don't overtell me what to do, which, I mean, I agree with a lot of that stuff. I do too. But, you know, there's, there's also reason behind that. You know, it's like, I'm not afraid that if two people want to get married of, of any kind of gender or sex, I, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't affect my day. You know, I really, it, it, it will never, um, it'll never define my opinion of whether we're a good society or a bad society. It's just like, okay, that's your business. Right. But also too, it's like, you know, I'm afraid of you taking my guns. I'm afraid of you taking all my money. But a lot of times when, you know, you got Bernie or somebody talking about stuff like that, that what he's talking about is like, I want to take Jeff Bezos money. I want to take Bill Gates money. I want to take, you know, these, these Buffett's money. And he said. You're right. But, he, but he's also, he's also not saying, no, Hey, let's, let's go to the Chuck and AC and take their money. He shouldn't, you know, like he, he shouldn't see, this is my thing about it. And, and, and just follow me with this. In America, there should not be one single billionaire if there's a hungry child. And I don't know if you follow me when I say that. What I'm trying to make is you shouldn't get to a point where you have so much money that you can't even spend it anymore. You understand what I'm saying? When there are hungry children. Now, a hungry adult, a motherfucking 45-year-old man panhandling at the fucking McDonald's land. No, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the seven-year-old or the eight-year-old child in Newark or Irvington who's fucking starving because his mother's a crackhead and he's never seen his father. You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about, you know, the, the, the child in Flint, Michigan, who can't even fucking take a bath or because the fucking is lead in the water. Like, like when Michael Bloomberg just spent $900 million, he just wasted, because obviously he wasn't going to be the next president. Wasted $900 million on a failed campaign. 
Do you know what that $900 million that he flushed down the toilet, he could have fixed the lead problem in Newark and in Flint? See, see, oh, with money was spent. Yeah, see, and see, this is the thing I'm talking about, Adam. You sound a lot better. Something happened with the sound, but oh, okay. okay. But um, see, this is the thing I'm talking about. That money and do something constructive with it. Why are you flushing nine hundred million dollars down the toilet? And you got people. You have to get people like Judge Mathis and 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 a and a person like um um LeBron James to buy two 18 wheelers full of water to donate to Flint, Michigan, or to donate to Newark so these people can have uh, cases mm-hmm. of water so they can cook for their children. Like That's ridiculous. This is the richest, right. this is the richest nation in the history of the world. And, and, yeah. and, and, you, and you have thousands of people who don't even have use potable water. Like, think about that, yeah. man. Yeah. It's, it, actually, I mean, from from a human rights perspective, it's unconscionable. Like literally, should should not even be in the conversation. And the the defense on that, you know, like a lot of people will say, is well, you know, if I work really hard and I I earn I earn my way up there, I, you shouldn't be able to take it from me. But the point that I make to that is, well, okay, that's fine. But let's say let's just say, and I'm not a tax guy, and I'm not. I'm definitely not a mathematician that will be exposed very quickly if I started doing math. But what I'll say is this, I'm not a mathematician, but if that guy that's got over a billion dollars, I mean, who cares if it's a hundred billion or, or, or 1 billion, it's still more money than really your average person can wrap their head around and actually spend. Now, if that person pays zero tax, zero, or their company where most of their money is, um, sequestered or, or sheltered and it's sheltered offshore and all this it there's all these room rules for protection it, it's beyond me how a guy that is getting taxed at 20 30 percent or whatever feels that poor billionaire guy shouldn't have to do that he he he, he achieved some sort of notoriety it's almost like saying um you know i mean in this in this world like Okay, if a guy's a famous athlete and he's a he's a known rapist, I mean, I hate to say it, but Bill Cosby, you know, Bill Cosby was accused of all these things. Now, whether he's guilty or not, I haven't followed the case and I don't really know. But looking back on it now, it's like he's got to he's got to pay something for for all that. Now, if people are not holding these guys accountable, a billion dollars divided up just even in, in the 20, 20% portion that goes out, like, like you said, that goes straight to Flint, that goes straight to uh, the Newark infrastructure, whatever. That money could literally be used to not just revitalize, but change the dynamic of that society profoundly. That's what I'm saying. And forever. There's studies that this led, it stunts your, your mental growth. You, you you understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. so, what I'm saying is, you yeah. let these three, four, five year old children because zero to six years, that's when your cognitive, that's the most cognitive growth you have in your life, from zero to six yep. years. So if you're two years old and you're or, or you're, you're you're nine months old and your formula that your mother is giving you the the water has lead in it, it's going to stunt your fucking growth. So now you're going to have a whole generation right. of dummies coming out of coming out of Essex County because of the fucking water, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, but it, it's not just one generation, though, Chuck. It, it, we're talking well, like this well, goes yeah, back. But I'm just saying, well, well, that's why you have all the fucking issues we have in North. That's why you got hard heads and these kids 
who are doing crazy things because of the fucking water. And we're just, and you're right, Adam, you're hundred percent correct. Mm-hmm. Because if they're just, you're like you said, decades and probably going back to the fifties and sixties. So you're right. It's probably four or five. Yeah. Six oh, generations. Yeah. yeah. So that and yeah. so that's why these kids are underperforming. You look at the, the SAT scores, you look at the standardized test scores. That's why they're failing. Mm-hmm. That's why the, the government had to come in and take over the school system. It's and, and, and it's a domino effect. Mm-hmm. So it affects everything. You know, the education, it affects the um the legal issues that's going on in the city, the police, you know, everything. So yeah. I mean it, it's like, you know, it, it's crazy. So you're right, man. You're hundred percent correct. But you, but you and I, you and I can be like, you know, uh, like outraged or, or angry about that stuff, and that kind of could paint you or, or me as being like a liberal. But at the same point, you know, my my, uh, what I don't understand is the guy that's making. Let's just say he's making a real comfortable living. You know, he's he's, uh, I don't know. Let's just say he's under like around two hundred k. I mean, he's doing okay. well. All right, got a couple properties. You know, he's got a, a, a place down the shore. He's got a nice apartment in Fort Lee or right. something. You know, he's he's doing okay. Uh, doesn't worry about where his next paycheck is coming from. Doesn't really blink twice about buying dinner. Um, and also drives a nice car, gets a new car every couple of years. Kids going to school, not worrying about where those, those, those debt right. going to, but that guy for some reason is fucking terrified of the government taking anything out of his money, out of, out of his pile. To, and, and that almost like makes me think that they think that they're going to be hardest impacted by that air quotes, democratic socialist and socialism is going to come in and just correct their banks open and steal all of it. Now, the reality is, is if we had a, 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 a socialist government just wheel right in here and say, we're taking everything, you know, they're going to leave them with a bigger slice of the pie, but not that big of a slice. And they're going to mo- lose most of it. But what I'm saying here is like, but why the hell is that guy worried about the billionaire? And his bank account, or like you know, in the case of of our our illustrious uh, orange guy in in charge now, he, he doesn't want you to see the tax returns. He doesn't want you to see his finances and why maybe um, where the source of income comes from, and where it, where it goes. Better yet, where the losses are and where it goes. But you know, who are you beholden to at that point? And if you're beholden to somebody else. You know, you don't want to disclose that. Well, what it is is he doesn't want he doesn't want the everyday he doesn't want us knowing that they're taking thirty thirty three percent of our money, but they're only taking five percent mm-hmm. of his money, and he has a lot of his money, and 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 tax shelters, offshore accounts, and, sh- and the like. That's why he doesn't want to reveal his taxes. I mean, come on, now we're not fucking stupid, and. And, you know, the, the thing about going back to what you said a few minutes ago about the guy doing pretty well, maybe making 20 grand. The reason why he's mm-hmm. terrified of uh, a, a quote unquote socialistic society or government is because, like you said, he think, but nobody's attacking him. We're talking about millionaires and billionaires. We're talking about people who can afford to, to, to take five to 10 percent of the money that they have. And it's not going to even hurt them because they have so much money coming in. Like I said, look, they can burn that. They could burn, yo. Know, they could burn that seriously That's on paintings. Or Adam, property. Jeff, so, back in you know, January, but, but, I to cut you off, but, but Jack, back in January, yeah. in one week, one week, 196 hours, seven days, Bezos mm-hmm. made $8 billion. Now, just think about that. Oh. That's more than a GMP of some small countries. So, you mean this man yeah. made that in one week? He could take that money. He's already, he already has $200 billion. 
So now you're going to put, throw eight more billion with his two hundred billion. He could have took that week's that week earnings, that eight billion, and and changed the lives of a thousand people easily. Like, I mean, and this right. is what I'm talking about. Like, when you have that much money, like that, like, to help you, 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 it, it, you should be obligated to help. You know, others. That's yeah. why I said, if I was president, I would have this family funding idea where every billionaire would have to be like, would have to be the surrogate to like a thousand families, make sure they have housing, make sure they have food, make sure they have transportation. I mean, all of this stuff ha- would have to be taken care of by this billionaire. And, and if this billionaire mm-hmm. did that, then guess what? He wouldn't have to pay taxes. You w- I wouldn't take a penny from him because he's helping out a thousand others. Right. So you're helping out that many people. So, I wouldn't make you pay taxes. You know, I think that's a pretty good idea. And, and it makes a lot of sense. Like, okay, you can voluntarily do this or it can be extracted Right. In a different method. Because, listen, I mean, I mean, too much of anything is no good. Like, okay, granted, in, uh, entrepreneurship, capitalism, free enterprise, that built America. That made America what it is. We understand. But it's yep. gotten to a point where yep. the the powers that be, the, the, the ultra-rich, the aristocracy, now are dipping into politics. They're now dipping into yep. social media. They're now dipping into the military. You know, when, when, so mm-hmm. now... You have the rich dipping and diving and controlling and manipulating, you know, certain entities and society that they should have no, no, no business in being in there. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, you know, yeah. I be honestly speaking, Donald Trump has no business being a president. He was a fucking, the guy was a fucking reality show man. Like, he has no political experience. But just because he has a billion dollars, he can be a president. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's like any and everything in this country it has, a price, uh, um, has, has a price on it. And that's, it, and well, that's remember, crazy. Remember what I said, man. Remember what I said about him. It's like, I didn't even go there with the reality TV show. I said he's a game show host. This even takes us back, like, when we were kids. 70s and 80s. Like, would you think in your head that Richard Dawson from The Price is Right is going to be like the, the the president of the United States? Like, that would be a good idea. Yeah. You know, or or or, or like you know, Chuck Woolery or or you know one of those guys that was doing like the dating game or some shit like that. Like that makes sense to to run the country. Why? Because he says things that your tiny little brain can understand. I mean, that's that's fucking messed yeah. up. Oh, God. Well, uh, and I know we're not going to fix that, but it, at the same point, if we got, um, if we got the, 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 the outrage out of some people and just let, let them like maybe through this whole COVID-19 thing, you know, people start getting over themselves a little bit, start appreciating the fact that, you know what, it is a first world problem to worry about what bathroom I can and can't use or what signs on that door or whether you're referring to me as a she, he, they, yeah. it, right. Whatever. And, and also worrying about like, seriously, that dude that you mentioned that has like, you know, an arsenal right. of weapons. I don't give a shit. If he's got them. I give a shit if he's not locking them up, if he's not a responsible gun owner. And if his crazy ass nephew, that's got mental problems in high school, it has access to them. And then he goes out and mows down a school uh, full, full of kids that that guy should be right. held accountable for. Yeah. That's where yeah. I stand. I don't give a shit if he's got a gazillion guns. He can right. have a fucking cruise missile, but he lights that thing off. Right. There's no going back. And 
if somebody else has access to it, he's not being responsible and locking that shit down. That's why the military right. has gates, guards, even on its like most most benign property there could be you know like a, a motor pool where all they do is change oil in in trucks and stuff but there's armed guards mm-hmm. keeping people out of that thing for reason you know but uh, i can also with that if, if we get people to stop you know freaking out about every little slip of the tongue or some archie bunker type that says you know I mean, in our case, guy drops an N-bomb. Of course, we're going to be upset about That's it. That's his, but but it's his not right. Fuck up he has a right to say that. But it's, but right, it's, not, it's not the end of the world. It's yeah, not gonna I'm, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. You know what I mean? No. No. And you know if you reacted the way you want to react, it's not going to work out well for right. you or I. You know, if we're out, like, having beers and stuff, you know, and, and you know, having, having a bite to eat, somebody drops that, and, of course – Chances are you're probably gonna have to stop my little white ass from going after <laughs> <to> the guy, <laughs> right? Because right. now I'm all in, and you know I got I got a fuse that's you know the size of fucking right. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. Anyway, um, you know I, I wanted to like change up the topic because this is gonna be fun to review anyway. Um, that like one thing I I mentioned like I was that I I, I was thing about things to talk about that, that was a big topic that we were going to hit on it was funny because we hadn't even pre-discussed that and you throw the conspiracy thing on there and that threw me a curve but it led right exactly. through where we were talking anyway yep. Yep. but you know uh you and i growing up in the same era one of the topics that i wanted to talk about which is kind of cool not very not going to get our blood pressure going but you know from like the 80s 90s and 2000 our generation like our generation and also our um i guess we, me and you being different parts of a demographic like spoke to two big things like musically which is rap and grunge that came out like it hit a nerve in in your demographic and your group of of, of people and friends and, and family members just ran through it like you know like nobody's ever seen like basically right. when rock and roll hit great yeah. for our grandparents and stuff but for me it was grunge grunge i was in a heavy metal and you know run dmc was first starting and such and then you know uh metallica starts coming around and then grunge comes out like when we're right. out of high school yep. and young adults and like everything but rap i mean you had like i remember run yep. dmc was huge and you were you weren't in in flow Right. Franklin Lake's Open yep. Wyckoff, right? Until what, what year, what I left, age? I left. We, um, actually, we left Oakland in 94. No, no, no. Wait, oh, when you I got, got there the first time. Yep. 87. Okay. So I got right. there a little bit earlier. Right. I got there in 84. Um, so 84 is, is, you know, musically, you're, you're talking about like Bruce Springsteen, like Born in the USA, Madonna Prince. started up. Yep. Prince, yeah, Purple, yeah, yeah, Purple Rain, Purple Rain, you had just dropped a year before. And I remember Thriller came out in '83, so and but, yeah, Thriller, that's right. And I mean that that you know was one of those landmark things. Pivoted oh, yeah. all of pop, it just changed after that. But you know, like for me and like our, there's those, like those moments where it's like in in music and and society. You know, it's like Pearl Harbor. That's a huge moment. Everybody knows where they were, uh, and not to suggest that 
9-11 and Pearl Harbor are equal to, you know, the dropping of Thriller and, you know, Nirvana's first uh, hit, you right. know, Smells Like Teen Spirit. But basically there was a shift where you couldn't deny that everything was right. not going to be the same and everything was going to be different. And uh, early on, you had, uh, I mean, what was the, what was a big act that like got you like into hip hop and rap? It was like really that. Run DMC, um, you know, Run DMC, yeah. and then you know the Beastie Boys came out, you know, a couple of years later with them. But um, then I would say it was probably between Run DMC and LL Cool J. Um, you know, he was his 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 yeah. first couple of albums. Um, then there were a couple of lesser known rap groups like um, uh, UTFO, and they started with the Roxanne Shante, yeah. uh, Real Roxanne, yeah. uh, and then. You had you had two live groups who came out of Miami, and they were the first group really with the, yeah. the 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 booty clapping and booty shaking type of music. Um, you know, so yeah. that was wait, wait, wait. That, was, that was like uh, that was right around the time of we would it was graduate, right that. around it was, ninety. It was like right? when we were in high school, 87, 86. Yeah, listen, really? I was listening to two live crew back in nineteen eighty six. Throw that dick. that first song they had to throw that dick. Yeah, then. And then in 1987, you got to remember, NWA came out with, with um, you know, Gangsta, Gangsta, Straight Outta yes. Compton. That was 87. So you got to mm-hmm. realize. So oh, really? the, t- the four years we were in high school, you had an explosion in hip hop from the, the New York. Then yeah. they exploded in Miami, like I said, with Two Live Crew. And then in L.A. with, um, with uh, NWA. And then even in Oakland, which the Bay Area, they had Too Short. So it was like the music was starting to yeah. blow up on both coasts, East Coast and West Coast, but in a different manner. And then from NWA, you, Dre was the was was the producer, and then he he became a solo act, and he put he found this dude Snoop Dogg, and then he found this white boy um, Eminem, yeah. and that changed, and then that changed hip hop again. Oh, so you got to understand the steps that you know yeah. that 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 took place within hip hop. You know, based on East Coast, yeah. based on West Coast, then the Biggie and Tupac beef, what what started up the East Coast West Coast rivalry and ended up Tupac getting shot and killed, Biggie getting shot and killed. So the dynamic was crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 there, there's probably aside from you know like uh, big huge events like Jimi Hendrix, uh, you know, doing the Star Spangled right. Banner in Woodstock. And then before that, you know, Beatles dropping like the Sgt. Pepper or the White Album. And then backwards behind that is, you know, you're talking like uh, Elvis Presley, Little Richard and, you know, like uh, yeah. all these, you know, icons. But really, it's the drop drop off point is Bill Haley and the Comets right. and Rock Around the Clock. You know, right. the whole Happy Days song. Now, the thing is, for, for my parents, like they were watching that on on TV and a black and white TV or hearing it on radio even before I, like I'm pretty sure my, my my mother didn't even have a TV right. when that thing came out and and that was like literally like everything changed and and I could tell you like from where I sat I was when right when we met I was already into like the heavy metal stuff but it was the heavy metal stuff that wasn't like at, at it wasn't at a point where it's consumable okay. to anybody else there it was metal was this underground thing and it was like for <laughs> for the for for the skinny white guy it, it, what it was was this is our little club nobody else likes this yeah. stuff the same thing like punk like you know that was one of those clubs you, you really had to have like a kind of a uniform to be in but 
you could never be out of the uniform. So it's not like, you know, like I remember when we're in high school and so like every year there's like a big, uh, a big album that drops and big band that drops and like all of our, our classmates, you see them running around with Genesis t-shirts or U2 or whatever. And this was, you know, Billy Joel and everybody loved the same thing. But that was one of those things where it's just like for me, it was just mine. And there was a small group of, of people that liked that. An even smaller group of women, which was kind of stupid. I probably should have, you know, paid attention right. to who was paying attention to it. Because, you know, it was like, you know, too many sausages in this <laughs> club, man. <laughs> but, but, you know, here's the thing. Um, when we got out of high school, you know, Metallica was just starting to get real big. And that was like the band. That was like my band. It was like the, the thing I could see, sink my, my teeth into and go, nobody gets this. And this is so awesome. And it's like, it's like knowing about a, like an indie movie that you know is going to win an Oscar in two years. Or better yet, if you're uh, a stock person or a betting person, then this is like buying Amazon during its IPO right. or Google right. during its IPO. Thinking, you know, and and your, your, your other people right. are going, that's never going to work. It's never going to work. It kind of blows up and becomes what it is. And you're right. like, huh, see, told you. But the thing is, when Metallica got big and they started going on MTV. I was getting like, because I didn't like it. Became, I was disillusioned. Commercial. You liked it when it was underground and it was just a small little few people. Yeah. And, and listen, it's funny because I feel the same way about like um, hardcore hip hop. It's like, like most of the hip hop that you know or you would know, I don't like it. Or the, the hip hop that they were playing on the radio, I don't like that shit because it's it's for the masses. Yeah. The shit that I like is for like a select few people. And it's not even like that I live that lifestyle. It's just that I I understand. Yeah. I understand why they're saying that. I understand that struggle. And, you know, I understand that mentality. You know what I mean? And it's 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 like, you know, they call it they call it gangster rap. They call it murder music, whatever. But, you know, I get it. Like, and that's what I, I but I, I just like the concept. I like the, the hard bass and the beats and the, the lyrics, like, you yeah. know, and it's and, and, and it's not for the masses. You know what I'm saying? And it's you, you. It was funny when I heard you talking about um, when you were in high school and you like heavy metal. It was like it was like your own little club, like your own little posse, and only you guys get it and understand it. And it and it's almost like yeah, it gives you not that it gives you a lifestyle, but it gives you an identity almost like this is us. And it, you know, so I totally get that. Yeah. I, I get the metal what you were saying as far as like Metallica and the metal scene. You know, I I get that. But you don't know, like it, it's it's but the, the the game changer for for me was is that you know this is still when MTV was playing videos and, and Metallica had that one video for for one the song and they won like awards for right. it and whatnot but when Nirvana came out and I'm not dude I'm not even a Nirvana fan not even like a hardcore right. Kurt Cobain guy but Teen when Spirit. that opening riff to Teen Spirit came out. I literally stopped in my tracks and went, oh, right. shit. Like, because it was like nothing that was on. And all of a sudden, you just saw like everything change within, I don't know if it was a summer. I don't even know when, never mind. That, that was the album called, uh, that was on that uh, release. It's called Nevermind. I don't even know when they dropped that album, whether it was like before the summer, but it seemed like within a calendar year, all of a sudden, every heavy metal P 
piece of shit band that was spraying her hair up and wearing women's makeup and women's clothes. All of a sudden, their hair was flat. They were wearing flannels and ripped jeans and work boots. And they looked like me. And I'm like, holy shit, that happened because of one guy. I mean, that happened really because really? of one band. And then it, it was like a floodgate open right after that. Because you were talking about demographic, uh, not demographically, geographically. It's like, okay, New York had Run DMC and they had you know, LL Cool J and they had you know, all these other artists. Uh, right. Public, yeah. Public Enemy, okay. yep. another one yep. right there. And in LA, in California, in Oakland, they had their crews. And, and, and Atlanta became yeah. big for a while. Yep. Detroit. You know, it's like on the rap game that, that started building up. But in, in metal, it was San Francisco for a while and New York and LA. And LA took over for all the hair band and, and you know, cutesy boy poison. You know, pretty white snake. Yeah. I thought what bullshit, about the Pacific you know? Northwest. But, I thought that was um, like the grunge scene, like Seattle or the. That is. And okay. that's where I was going with that. So all of a sudden, in one little area, you had Nirvana, you had Pearl Jam, which arguably two of the biggest bands right. in the last 30 years. Like, hands down. If, if Kurt Cobain showed up tomorrow, like, you know, when we were growing up, like Elvis was, right. wasn't really dead. If Kurt Cobain just, like, surfaced out of, out of Puget Sound in Seattle and said, I'm here and I'm ready to play a show, they right. would be the biggest thing ever. But it went, it went those two bands, like Nirvana, Pearl Jam. Then all of a sudden, it's Alice in Chains. Then it was Soundgarden. Then it was Next. And there was one after another, after another, after another, after another. Even one hit Wonders and all this other stuff. But the body of, of music, it changed everything. Like pop stations, you know, Z100 and WPLJ, all of a sudden were playing guys that were screaming about, you know. The uh, environment. You know, the whole being dis. Right. And being disillusioned and, and, you know, it's like saying stuff that was pretty heavy. I mean, I, I the other night we were talking on the phone and I said, you know, come as you are. That kind of like, uh, to me, says lyrically where, where, where our, our group is at or where our generation is at. Because we got all sides of the spectrum. We got all sides of, of opinions. And it seems like in our overall society, it's because of these defining moments and different perspectives and backgrounds. Why were the only ones going, why aren't we more upset about some stuff? Right. You know, why, why are, you know, I mean, if, and I've said this, uh, and we're not even like really, we're just fucking around with this, this broadcast thing. But when we broadcast it, one of the things I'm going to say hardcore is like, look, you're pretty much in that category. And I'm pretty much in that other category. But the similarities there are so like so scary. They, they they mirror each other. It's not an exact timeline. There's stuff that impacted us. And I say like there's different events in our life, like our Pearl Harbor or our 9-11. But we also had the OJ verdict. Space we had Challenger, Space the, Shuttle. The, uh, Challenger. Yeah, yeah. We we, we had uh, the riots oh, in yeah. LA yeah. after Rodney King. We had, um, you know, obviously we had yeah. 9-11 and you and I were just smack in the middle of that right age where you're just an adult and now you're really out in the world and have to deal with stuff. And people, our parents' age, were looking right. to us for the answers. And they were looking at us like, what do we do next? And I'm like, the fuck, I don't know <laughs> what to do. <laughs> Kid. 
But, you know, like in, in sports, man, another thing we've, we've touched on at different points, like how profound in our lifetimes and when we were growing up, we, we were lucky enough to see two of the greatest athletes or three. I'll mention three. Um, three of the greatest athletes that could have ever come out of sports. We had Tyson, we had Gretzky, yeah. and we had Jordan. And they yeah. were all active at the same time. And all at their prime at yeah. the same time. How fucking spoiled were we? I mean, can you imagine, like, that on a Saturday night, you could put on ESPN and watch highlights of Jordan scoring, what, 48 points That's in a game? Crazy. And, and then you had you had Gretzky that would an average guy that has a good game would be like two three point game he'd have a five or seven point game. That's sick. I mean, Jesus Christ! And then we we go and get the pay per view and go over our, our friend's house, get a bunch of beer, hang out, get a bunch of weed, sit down and watch the Tyson fight. I was going to say over the first in seconds. Go to the bathroom. Just don't fight, <laughs> dude. Uh, who was it? Um, Oh God, he was a, he was Marvis son Frazier. of uh, a heavyweight. Frazier. Holy shit! I went. I was in. I was in Oakland, right? And yeah. I was still living in my parents' house. So yeah, it well, must have been he, our high school. Beat him up. I think that was like eighty. I want to say eighty-eight. Yeah, yeah I want to say eighty-eight too. But the the funny thing was that I was downstairs in my family room with my stepbrother, and we were watching him on the family TV, and he was. I don't know what he was doing, but he was bothering me. So I said, all right, I'm going to watch the fight upstairs. And I ran upstairs and we had a, a split level. So I ran up to the first set and there's a landing and another set and there's a landing. And then at the end of the hall, there's my bedroom. And the TV was already on. By the time I ran up those stairs, and I say ran because I knew <laughs> I had to be fast. I get over there and the man is basically the fucking filling out of the inside of a goddamn jelly donut at that point. He's just mushed, laying on the ground. And I'm like, what the hell happened? And I hear my stepbrother just screaming yeah, yeah. his head off. Because, you know, like, I didn't even make it up all the it stairs yet. And, of course, the guy was in trouble and then down and done yeah, by the time crazy, I got man. through the door. And there is no such thing as, as an athlete nah, being that dominant. Not, like that. not anymore. And and not like Jordan because yeah. Jordan the, the they had you know, a crazy stat today they I, said Jordan he never played in the game seven in the finals <laughs> I mean think about that <laughs> he never had to that's, that's what I'm saying he never had to you know so it's like I I mean Gretzky's been through that and and you know the funny thing is like uh, I told you about my my buddy that I used to work with and we used to argue about you know, who was better, Jordan or Gretzky. And it was all like, like whenever we pulled out the knives, they were yeah. plastic. Yep. Knives. <laughs> you know, it was always like good hearted. Cause it's like, what, what, what kind of shit talk am I going to do? Uh, and to say how Jordan isn't as good as somebody else. Cause meanwhile, Jordan has some stats that, you know, Gretzky can't touch right. and, and vice versa. Right. I mean, if, if you, if you think about uh, like Jordan with how many titles he won, and then he won gold medals and stuff like that. Gretzky didn't he doesn't have a gold medal. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. He he took Canada to the the gold medal final and they lost. Wow. And he was he was they, they there's a famous clip 
where they filmed him sitting on the bench, like after the game was over and they did the whole handshake thing. He was sitting there by himself for a good five minutes. He wouldn't even go in the locker room because he knew he had to go talk to the press and he didn't know how to, wow. how to explain it. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah, it's pretty insane. So, man, what do you think? Should we uh, wrap this Review. up and then... Yeah, we can do that. Um, yeah. Because uh, we got like yeah. 45 minutes of content here. I mean, there there was like a minute or two of dead air when we were trying to sort out like right. what sounded better. And I'm not sure exactly how to edit this. I know I can do it, but I'm going to throw the link over okay. to you so you can actually look at it. You know, on, on on your laptop and stuff. And right. if you wanted to edit it, I don't give it, do whatever you want. But it's pretty cool. It, it, sound quality wise, it's not bad. But the cracking thing, your, I couldn't um, figure it out. You might want to invest in a new headset or new earbuds because, like, right now it's perfect. I don't hear the popping. Well, I I, I started off. I didn't have it, right. anything. It was just a regular speaker. Then I switched to the the, the headphones. And I was still hearing it. I took them off, and you're like, hey, you're still popping. So it's like, it didn't matter. I think it's something okay. to do with the connection. So, but I don't know if that actually comes through on the recording. Yeah. Right. That I'm not, you're right. I might not hear it on the recording. I, I hope not, because if that's the way it sounds, it's going to sound like shit. And I'm just telling you right now, like, if I just drop the phone in between the two of us and we're sitting like on right. my kitchen table, it's going to sound great. Because I've gotten compliments from from people who are like, hey, "What kind of setup you have?" Uh, I'm like, "Uh, a phone." <laughs> you know, it's like it's great. But uh, yeah, let's check it out and uh, review it. I mean, it's going to be forty something minutes, but you can actually speed it up if you want. They let you scrub speed it, so you get through it faster. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, bro. So okay. I'll talk to you okay. uh, a little while. Okay. All right. Peace. Later.